What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 21 of Yo! The Business and Fitness Podcast with me, Steve Krebs, and my buddy, Luca Hosevar. Today, we're going to talk about leadership and coaching, and we're going to start this off, and I'm going I'm to ask Luca a simple question to get us rolling into this thing. You know, it's something that Luca and I both pride ourselves on is I think that, you know, we both think that we were put on earth to coach and to be leaders as well, because I think they're synonymous. I think they're one and the same. And to be a great coach, you have to be a great leader. And to be a great leader, I think coaching comes along with it. So uh, why don't we start out with the real general question, Luke? And, and, and this is something that I think that it would give the audience an opportunity to almost bullet point these things. You know, what would you say are the foundational steps that someone needs to take to become a leader? Or what actions or steps need to be taken to, to set the foundation. So the, like the basic, if you're starting square one, just starting out in the game, you're a new trainer, a new coach, or somebody that really wants to be a leader, what do you feel like needs to happen? You know, this is going to be kind of counterintuitive, I think, um, what, what I say, but hear me out for a second. So I, I think that you don't want to, you know, this is because this, this is another, I think you'd agree, right, that leadership is become, I don't know, this last year has definitely become one of those go-to words. Um, but I'd say don't like, don't rush to call yourself a leader. Right. And, and here's why, okay, here's why, because you got to learn. And you know, this is where it all starts from, right? You got to learn how to change yourself first. And then once you change yourself, you know what I mean? Then that's how you can serve people better. So there's no leader that can make a difference with people without being true to itself and not shifting themselves. Okay. So there, there's one of my favorite books. It's one of the ones that I give to, um, like our interns and, and, and our team is one of the first groups is the leader with no title by Robin Sharma, which is phenomenal. I mean, and the reason why I love it is because it's very easy to, you know, to be, I don't know if you're working somewhere for someone or, you know, you're younger or, or even if you're not younger, it doesn't matter. It's very easy to be like, I don't lead the company. So it's like, so therefore I can't be a leader right now. But here's the thing, like, Rather than rushing to call yourself a leader, I say leadership behaviors, right? And, and in the book, uh, why, why am I blanking on it right now? I just, I just said it, damn it. Um, leader, with <laughs> leader, with no, leader with no title. Is, is the, the whole point is, is that like, you don't have a title, right? Boss, uh, you know, CEO, owner, blah, blah, you know, whatever it is, right? Fill in the blank. It's, it's just there's like a leadership behavior, right? So what would to me is always like that whole idea of collecting role models, right? Like if there's somebody that you look up to and you're like, man, like that person runs their company or that person, I don't, you know, if you, I don't know if you're cooked, like, man, that person makes their food or, you know, uh, you know, Euro dreams of sushi, the documentary, right? Like his, his uh, attention detail to perfection to, you know, how he'll move, you know, the, 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 the chopsticks by like half a millimeter. Right. And if that's collecting, that's to me as a collecting role model, like, Hey man, I want to, like, I want to go into the gym and make sure everything is in its place because so I'm going to say that, that your first step then would be to model yourself after people that you deem as good leaders, right? Maybe write down some things that when you're watching, you know, I wouldn't say politicians because most of them are full of shit, but you know what I'm saying? Like world leaders say, Martin yes, Luther sure. King or, you know, people that Absolutely. you look up to, Gandhi, these people, and almost write down the traits that you see in them that, that you define as a great leader. So I'm going to just cut in real quick and say, hey, guys, like step one, if I'm, as I'm listening to Luca, Golden Nugget is you have to study this. If you want to be a great leader, people aren't born leaders. 
Like, don't let the NFL Sundays bullshit you and let you make you think, like, these guys were just born leaders. Because there's only one or two, maybe three, four captains on a pro football team. And I think the, the roster is 52 men, 54 men, something like that. So, and these are all guys that were what? Division one athletes that were studs and then made it to the NFL, 0.001%, right? So I think what Luca, just to sum up what I'm getting from it is, hey, start looking at who you look like really view as the epitome of being a leader and get out your journal and write that stuff down and say, hey man, you know what? Like when I look at, I'm going to use Luca an example. When I watch Luca coach, I'm like, man, that dude is on fucking fire when he's coaching and like, he takes time for everyone. So that's stuff that I see and go like, man, that's really crazy. And our friend Jay Frugia, Jay, like when he, he's a connector and I'm like, man, like Jay really is a great friend of people. And I know he's worked on that because he's doing what, we're, what Luca just mentioned. He's actually looking at people that he looks up to and seeing how they behave. And I know Luca does it. I do it as well. So I will say this guys, like when it comes to being a great leader and a great coach, study it. How many books have you read on leadership? Luca just mentioned one. How many books have you read on coaching and not only read, but actually take notes, which I, again, I know Luca does this. He has like a million index cards and journals where he's writing things out of the books and applying it. That's, that's step one. Like you need to know what you're shooting for. You need to define what leadership and what being a great coach is to you and for you. Otherwise, if you define it on somebody else's terms, I, I think it's a target that you might not be able to hit. So, Luke, what about the next piece? What do you think? What else? So, we got this. I think that that principle yeah, right I, there, that idea. One thing, yeah, one thing I want to add on to this, too, man, like, is that I think is important. Because you know how, like, when we say it, it can really feel like it's in the ether, okay? So, here, here's what I'm saying. Like, you, you made a great point and said, like, okay, journal and take notes. But take specific, like, specific actionable steps. What, what I mean by this is, like, hey, that guy writes appreciation cards every week by hand. Right, that guy high fives and, and says hi and has a, a kind of like a handshake with everybody in the gym, even if there's a hundred people, he's gonna go to a hundred people. Those are very specific, right? That guy checks in or that girl, or right, like I don't want to discriminate here, but the, the the point is is that there's this specific thing. So just like when you look at a, a characteristic or a value of a person, you know, and you know, let's say being a go-giver, um, then like saying being a go-giver for, for a lot of people, like even for me at the beginning is, was very like in the ether. Like, what does that mean? I don't, right. But if I gave a specific actionable step, then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh man, I can do that. Right. That specific thing. I can do that. They are, uh, I think it's the four seasons. The four seasons are like one, one of the high end hotel chains. You know what they do? This is what, this is what I love. Right. It, I mean, it kind of plugs into customer service, but I think it's important for leadership too. It, they have a meeting every day and they share stories from, you know, the hotel chain from all across the world of somebody that did something like really special on their own, like on their own terms, right? Like they went and did, I don't know, it was, I know one example was like what this kid forgot his toy and one of the uh, workers at the hotel drove five hours to get this toy and bring it back, right? Like, or um, I remember one time a kid forgot his like favorite toy at the hotel and then one of the people from the hotel ended up taking all these photos with that. It was like a bunny or something. And a bunny was at the restaurant. The bunny was at the pool. The bunny was like all these, you know, and basically they sent him the photos to the kid and said, hey, look, your, your bunny's having tons of fun at our hotel. He'll be back within the next two days. He's just getting some relaxation time in. Right. And it was super cool. 
right? And the point, the reason I say this is because that, that was a specific example that gets shared with the whole organization, right? And then, and then people in an organization go like, damn, man, that's super cool. And then they get creative and then they get ideas, but they see specific things that they can do. So I think that like when you co collect role models for leadership, that what you want to do is, you know, write down a specific actionable step. And like it legitimately can be something as simple as opening the door for everybody. You know what I mean? Like it can be like, hey, every new person that you meet, like sending them a, a handwritten note, you know, or, or a book. Like, I, you know, my little trick is me and Martin like talked about this for forever. You know, every time he comes out to Seattle, we go to a local, local bookstore. But there's a couple of bookstores around me that are half price books and like used books. And, you know, instead of paying 25 bucks for them, I get them for like two, five, seven, eight bucks, right? Like, and I just go and like buy books and I just have a stack of them, but they're my giveaway books. And, and like, I look into which book I'm going to give and I just have them there. You know what I mean? And like, now you spend four to five bucks, you get an appreciation card and like even people that you just meet, you know, you went to lunch with them, you had a conversation and you're like, oh man, that guy would like really appreciate this book. Right. And, and you send it to them. Like now these are, these are leadership behaviors, but notice how they're specific. So write specific things that you can actually in your mind go, I can do that today. You know, maybe some things you can't, you're not there yet, but what are the things that you can do today? Like you can open a door, you can high five everybody. You can, you know, you can go buy some low cost books and appreciation cards, like shit, anybody, majority of the stuff, honestly, anybody can do. So here's Given the thing that I'm hearing is, Second piece of this is you have to act and you have to be, and that's a simple principle. If you guys think about this, thinking about becoming a leader is not going to make you a leader. And another piece that I just took, and, and I want you guys to realize is number three, and it all kind of like ties together is you have to be a follower before you become a leader. And that may be, maybe sound counterintuitive to what we're talking about, but at the end of the day, you have to, at certain points, you're a leader somewhere in your life right now but you're a follower in other areas and that's okay. One of the main things that I was taught as a kid was there's no job too small, meaning that means there's no job too big, meaning you're not too good to do anything. And true leaders will, no matter what part of life they're in, no matter what their stature is, how much money they have, they'll go back down and make sure that, you know, when they have these huge ass companies, they'll go down and make sure that the, the smallest job is being done right. Show appreciation to the employees that are doing it. So it's not this attitude like they're better than anyone else. So if there's no job too small, that means there's no job too big. And if you apply that to yourself, because if you guys think about it in terms of the gym or fitness, fitness business, you have to lead yourself before you can lead your clients and then you can lead your teams, right? It's a kind of like this process, lead yourself and lead yourself consistently through daily discipline and doing what you said you would do and having integrity and showing up for yourself and then your family then your business, clients, team members, all those things. And if it doesn't happen in that order, guess what's going to happen? Life is going to cross-check you. So if you apply it like this, guys, just think about how simple that is. If you don't have your own daily discipline locked down, your own training, your own nutrition, your own mindset work, meditation, all these things, and then you try to teach it to other people, the, the people are very educated now. And they can smell a fraud. And deep down, if you know you're teaching things you're not doing, it just creates this weird energy around it. And you're never going to be able to show up as the person in the, in the potential that's, that, that's there for you. So I'll let Luca come back in here, but I just wanted to point that out. It's like, Hey, self first, then family, then clients, 
then your team, once you get there and you build a, a business big enough to bring on an assistant and have coaches underneath you. And one of the other pieces that I want to pick out really quick before I pass it over that I noticed Luca talk about is patience. Patience. If you're 22 years old and you haven't really been through anything crazy in your life, it's going to be really hard for you to be a motivational speaker. I'm just being real with you. And you have to have life experience to be a leader in a, in a large capacity, but it doesn't mean you can't be the captain of your high school football team or, you know, the captain of your adult league kickball team. I mean, that's a leader, right? Even though it's fun. So I think there's, you know, you have to define what leadership is. You have to be patient. You have to realize that you have to lead yourself first. Then you can show up for other people. But remember, a leader, not a savior, meaning you lead them through your own actions, not by going and doing things for other people and saving them from their lessons that realistically, the reason you're where you're at in your life, the reason, reason I'm where I'm at and Luke is where he is at is because we've made mistakes and you learn from those mistakes. So I think leaders are people that also don't shy away from mistakes because they understand that that's where the lessons live. They're also people that take ownership over their mistakes. And if you look at the military, those are the people that, you know, on the ground anyway, end up being the leaders, the sergeants, the people that are on the ground leading men because they, they take ownership. So Luke, I'll pass it back over to you. I know I went off on a little tangent there, but I think those pieces are just so important in terms of leadership and coaching, specifically if you're trying to be a coach that gets traction locally first, then in your town, in your city, in your state, you know, countrywide, worldwide. I mean, that's kind of how it has to work, right? Agreed. And, and the thing is, it's interesting because, you know, you said that we're going to talk about leadership and coaching and how closely, you know, those two kind of play into each other because one of my next kind of ahas, I, I guess for everybody is, you know, to, to be a leader, like you have to be a coach and receptive learner both at the same time, right? So, I mean, that's, the best combination. So that, that means that wherever you're at, like meaning, you know, you don't have a team yet. This is a big lesson. And I'm trying to pick out those lessons first that, you know, for many of you listening, you may not have a team yet, but you, but you want to operate in a way that when you do, you know, it's smoother. So the best combo is on one hand, you like you help people to grow by sharing your expertise, right? And because knowledge and passion has to be shared. Otherwise, it just dies like a lack of use. Basically, it's kind of like, you know, food going bad. Like, you got you to use it, right? Don't hold, don't hold the knowledge close to your chest. Share as much as you can with people. And, you know, but, but here's, here, like, let me, let me run into a specific example, okay? Um, because, I, like, I talked to a lot of coaches. So, you get this whole, uh, you know, we, we have a rule, obviously, come, you know, come to the coaching session 15 minutes before, stay 15 minutes later. Uh, and, you know, I've had people that go like, well, am I getting paid for that? And so I'm going to, I'm going to actually turn the story with, uh, uh, one of the pitching coaches at, at Cressy performance that, you know, there's a number of coaches there. And then one of the coaches is like fully booked, packed all the time, right? All the time waiting list and others aren't or weren't, you know, so this is like probably a little bit of a, about a year story, but you know, there's still, like I said, this is still the scenario. And the question was, you know, like, well, why is he so packed? Okay. Why is he always full? And so here's why. Okay. Cause he'll come a little early and he'll show the, the, the kids like arm care drills. And then he'll, you know, he'll sit down with the parents and talk to the parents a little bit more and he'll stay later and explain a couple more things. And then he'll email them exercises and follow up with them and do. Now, the thing is, you know what he doesn't do? I'll tell you what he doesn't do. He doesn't go, do I get paid for that? 
right? He doesn't do that. But then everybody refers him and everybody talks about him and everybody goes like, man, like that guy's really like, he's really sharing stuff and his knowledge and he's letting it all go and he's helping out and he's going an extra mile, right? And so that's like being, a, 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 that's the first part of being a coach is like, you don't like, you, you, your first thing is being client centric. Your first thing is how to solve a problem. Like Saturday, like I can give you a hundred examples like this, but Saturday I, I coach from seven to 10, about 70 to hundred people, depending on, you know, small group, uh, team training, charity bootcamp gets done at 10. And usually from 10 to 11, I kind of do some work, mingle, kind of shake hands, kiss babies and whatnot, you know, and a group of people that were interested in, they were stuck with a little bit on nutrition side for this challenge that we have going on. And, you know, kind of almost afraid to ask. And I just sat down with them and like spent like probably 25, 30 minutes explaining everything, like, and then answering questions. And they were just like, yo, thank you so much. Like, you, you know, I know how valuable your time is. I'm like, oh no, anytime, anytime, right? Like people message me, like what I don't think, what I don't think when you're my people, right? My people are people that are inside of the gym. That, that's our bigger fam. What I don't think about is like, oh, you know, like I charge 200 bucks or 200 bucks or more one-on-one session. This person just took 20 minutes of my time. They should be paying me. You know what I'm saying? Now that doesn't mean that you don't value yourself, okay? That just means that you're delivering and you're being a coach because that's the first thing that you think about. You're, like your primary thought process is, I want to help this person change, right? And you coach the whole person. So when you, when you're a, you know, if you're in a coaching industry and you're like, man, like, you know, my boss or, you know, the person that runs the gym is telling me to be here 15 minutes early and not paying me for it. Like, yo, you are in the wrong industry. Like, get out straight up, man. Like this, I mean, and the thing is, I don't give a shit where you go. Like you're gonna go somewhere else and be like a monoclonal. Man, now see the thing is you're you're a production line worker. This is not your vocation. This is not your mastery and your art and your craft. And so like I get I get fired up about this because like I get so like I, I try to help young coaches change their perspective because it'll change their career or change their life looking at it that way. Right. And I know I went off on a tangent, but I promise you, like, because that is leadership. That's leadership. Right. And so that was the first part. I said be a coach and a receptive learner at the same time. On the other hand, Right now, learning from people is equal to ignoring them, right? And the thing is, like, that's surrounding yourself by experts and like learning from your team too, and benefiting from everybody around you. Like, because life provides opportunities from learn from many different people, from your clients, from your team, from obviously like you, the role models that we talked about, and every experience that we encounter, right? And to get the most from all these opportunities, you have to be willing to listen, and you have to be willing to like give full attention to other people. You know, which comes back to this kind of habit of presence, you know, that can be so cliched and so overused, but being present is a leadership trait, right? Because now people feel like you're being present with them and you're listening to them and they're important. And guess what? If, you, if they feel important and all of a sudden they feel more valued, right? So you can see how like some of these things are like, you're looking for that home run. You're, you're looking for us to give you like this... <laughs> go and say this thing and do that thing and shoot that video and you'll be a leader. It's like, no, 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 It's like, it's the daily stuff. Like it's the daily stuff and how you operate and how you operate around others that really, 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 really kind of solidifies that. Cause what ends up happening is that, you know, other people call you a leader. Right. And, um, I, you know, versus you calling yourself a leader, right. Big difference. And, and I say it like, I actually, this is maybe a story for another day, but I, I turned down a book offer. Um, and, but the, like I said, it's for another story of the day. But the point of it is that like to get the book offer, 
I was reached out to, you know, I didn't reach out to 50 people go like, Hey, I want to write this book. Will you give it to me? Right. Like, but I got reached out to say, Hey, listen, we've been following you. And like, man, we think you're the person that should write this book. Right. It's, it's like somebody going like, man, that guy exhibits like that guy's a leader because of the way he operates and the way that he does things. Not because I, you know, you go on, on YouTube or on IG and go like, yo, this is how I became a leader. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's not how it works. So I think that's a very, very important kind of concept that like that gels together um, is be, like being a coach, like a true coach and a receptive learner at the same time. And sometimes it's happening all in the same space. Like think about it, how many times Krebsy we've sat at a table, you know, and it's me and you and Jay and, you know, I don't know, maybe Bornstein, like, you know, some of our close friends where there's a conversation going on and somebody drops wisdom and yet the next minute, they're taking it in and learning, right? Like it's just ex exchange back and forth between coaching and learning and coaching and learning. And yeah, you know, dude, listening. sure that, you know, I use the example, I trained down here at Fight Sports Miami Jiu-Jitsu, which the master is cyborg, right? The male cyborg. Um, and he's a six-time world champion. And one, every once in a while, he'll bring in other people to run, you know, seminars in the gym. Legit, this is a six-time world champion, right? He just won Kasai Pro Heavyweight World like tournament at 39 years old, which is unheard of, right? He's competing against guys that are in their mid-20s. And the guy that's in front, when somebody else is teaching, paying the most attention is him. And that's why I follow him. That's why in that capacity, he's my coach. He's my leader because I look up to the way he operates like that. I've been in other places where there's ego involved and the guys aren't like that. And I won't follow those people anymore. So I, I agree 1000%, man. The people that, that are the most successful and I think are the most impactful coaches, which really if you're doing it for follows and not for impact, then we have to quench, question your, you know, your purpose, your intentions, and why you're really doing it. Because the, you know, to me, an influencer is somebody that actually influences positive things, not you know, put fake butt cheeks in and shows exercises that are absolutely terrible. So at the end of the day, guys, like, you know, to me, coaching is in leadership. I'm going to follow people that put themselves out there and that are the first ones ready to learn and that are actually listening, not just waiting to say what they want to say when you're done talking. So yeah, man, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And uh, on that, on that note, like I definitely think that a modern leader um, and I, and I do say like, I say modern leader because you could go, I, I've studied leadership like all the way back, you know what I mean, to thousands of years ago. We're talking about, you know, from the Marcus Aurelius to the, you know, to the different empires. You're speaking of Yoda. Correct. That too. <laughs> to Genghis Khan. All right. But a modern leader is a servant and, you know, implies sometimes like I feel like I go back and say, where's in Slovenian? Jesus. You, you did. You definitely just said Genghis too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because it was, I, it was I, Genghis Khan's older cousin, and uh, he, had, he had a rough <laughs> back in the day. He had a rough patch. Yeah, but their group, their group is called Carbon Footprint because Genghis Khan left the carbon footprint of death on the world. I don't know if you guys know this. There's a there's a podcast called Wrath of the Khans, and it's by this guy named Dan Carlin, who's like a huge history buff, and basically he just talks about the impact that Genghis Khan had on the Earth. Like, and how many children he fathered 
and how many people that they actually killed. It's, it's insane. So if you're into history, go check that out. Side note, because Luca brought up Genghis Khan, so I'd throw that out there. <laughs> See, if I, never, if I never messed that up, you wouldn't go into that nice little historical uh, knowledge drop. So I appreciate that, Stephen. Going, yeah, going, going back to being like being a servant, you know, um, the, I guess the success and I, I, I'd call it satisfaction, maybe. It, of of both clients, team, everything is is the leader's concern. You know, I mean, you take responsibility in the room, in the gym, in the building, you know, whatever for for the company, for for your your team, for your culture, for your customer satisfaction. So, you know, the leader's rewarded based on what difference he or she has made for the people to like secure their professional growth, right? That, so, think about that. Like, how much are you involved? And how many times have we like? perhaps you talk to, you know, our coaching clients where, you know, we kind of dive in and a lot of them realize that they haven't really been supporting the growth of their team. Right. I, mean, I think, I think we're all guilty of that because there's no, just, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. so many hats that we all like gym owners specifically have to wear. And then there's also, let's be honest, man, let's talk about the, the dark side of it for a second. Right. Be, it, it's almost like, you know, when, when you're with a girl and maybe they're unfaithful and then you're worried about the next girl be doing the same thing. It's the same thing with building a team, right? A lot of time, I mean, I know you've experienced it. I experienced it when you put all this time, energy, and effort into building your team and then somebody leaves and then tries to take your clients or poach your clients on top of everything else that we've already done and built. So it's just like, I fully understand, man. Sometimes it's hard to take the high road and be take ownership and be the best leader possible. And I think, you know, like we said earlier, to, to become the greatest leader, you have to actually fall in love with mistakes. And when you're wrong, take ownership, which I think what Luca was just talking about, be a servant, but also take ownership. And I think there's another side of it, man, that maybe I'm glad you brought this up. There's going to be times as a leader where you also have to make heads roll, where you have to step up and, and not put up with anybody's bullshit. And True put on the samurai helmet and do what you got to do so that your company, your team, your clients can continue to be serviced at the right level that you promised. Right. So I, I think there's so much that goes into this, man. Like, yeah. And, and no one, the thing is, that's why it's not, it's, it's not black and white. There's, there's times for, and I, you know what, this, this is great. Like I, this is why I wanted to have this conversation too, because I knew it would bring stuff up that maybe weren't even thinking about at the beginning. You know, right now, I, I like using real world shit, man. Like, I, I like to talk about the stuff that's real. Um, and, you know, like right now, we're in a situation where I have a coach that, let's just say, you know, has been here for six months and may, may be moving forward. And we had a tough conversation the other day. Um, and, like, it got heated in a passionate way. But, you know, at then I was like, listen, listen, man, like, I want what's best for you. Like, here's things that aren't working. You know, and if, if, if you make XYZ decision, let me know. I'm going to help you move forward. But what I don't want to happen is that, you know, because of fear or, you know, uh, a fear of insecure, like not having security, you then make a decision out of, you know, um, that's not an, an integrity and then you burn the bridge and then you burn the bridge and that creates a whole bunch of issues now because now like why, you know, I won't want to help you because, you know, you kind of, uh, I would say burnt the team, right? So what I'm, I'm bringing this up because that's a hard conversation and, you know, the transition is hard both ways. It's like, you know, if we need to transition to new coach or, or working through it and go like, no, man, I, I want to be here. I want to do this. Okay, cool. Here's the non-negotiables. Like, these are hard fucking things to do. Like, reality. You know what I mean? 
And I think that when you avoid them, like in the past, like, look, I, I've had I've had like a lot of shitty experiences where, you know, people did shady stuff. But then when I looked at it, it's like, man, I didn't behave the right way. So when I look back, I was like, you know, it was a lot of it was my fault. I mean, at the end of the day, it's you're, you're you know, you're the, the person that's that's running the company. It is your fault no matter what. You know, what I mean, even if even if somebody else fucked up, it's still on you because you might have kept them there too long. You didn't have the hard conversation earlier. You know, you didn't cut them out soon enough and and, and take put the samurai hat on and, you know, the sharper knife, the, the, the cleaner, the cup kind of method. Right. And that's what I'm saying is that, like, you have to be a servant leader. But like, you know, servant leadership sometimes is, is dark, meaning dark, like, hey, you know what? You're going to get pissed off. You're going to be angry. You're going to have to make some hard decisions that people are not going to be happy with. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing. Like when you like I know in my life that I've had, you know, periods of time where it's like, man, Luke is trying to make everybody happy. And then it fucks things up because you're not serving like, at your, you know, you're not you're not living in character and integrity. And then it's like it's like having, you know, all oh, this client pays a thousand bucks a month, you know, but they're creating a, a, a I would say a toxic culture, you know, we're doing this, that and the other man. There is no there. There is no dollar amount worth that. You know, there is no client like, like I'll pay you X, Y, Z. You know, I, I, I mean, we had like, I, this is probably about six months ago. I had a trainer come in and go like, hey, listen, man, like love your gym and following you. I'm an independent trainer. And I mean, they were willing to pay me a really good chunk for one person to train there. Right. And, and first of all, I was like, well, we don't really do that. Like, and he's like, well, I'm willing to pay more. And I was like, what are you looking to do? I was like, well, I just, I want to have free reign and do whatever I want. I said, and I said, I, there is no money that you can pay me to do whatever you want at Vigor Ground. Like we have a culture, we have a way of doing things. We have a belief system. And if we insert another entity that can do whatever they want, like there's no money that you can pay me that is worth it. Right now, if, if you're barely making ends meet, that might sound like a really, really good thing, right? You're like, fuck it. Like this guy wants to pay me three, four grand a month or two grand a month and be able to be in all the instaps and da, 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 whatever, right? Like, and you're like, man, I could pay most of rent or whatever that your situation may be. Now, you know, it's not right. You know, it's not right. But the fear, right? The fear of like, man, if I just get that money, I'll be able to pay for this thing that's hard right now. So short term, you make that decision. And then a year later, you know, the culture is a, a, a complete mess right? Because you've inserted something else and it's toxic. And like these leadership decisions are, it's, it's like, yes, serving people, but serving, like, remember, first you have to serve what's right. And remember, this is one of my favorite quotes, what's right is right. What's right is right. And in any situation, like, I'm sure a majority of the people can go like, man, that's what's right. Right? You, you see, I don't know, you see a kid just getting beat up in the street for no reason because you get bullied what's right what's right to do is to stop that shit that's what's right you know that's right so you do it you know what i mean i think in a lot of times in in leadership like fear takes in i always say you got to be careful about this you got to be very careful that you don't give more value to security than you do to courage now when you give more value to courage you make hard decisions that are better for you your people your team your community and everything else. And I will say that that is a trait of a leader. A leader will give more value to courage than they will to security. Security is like, oh, I'm safe. This won't be uncomfortable. And eh, this will be easier right now. And then you make these decisions that like crush the business. Okay. So I think, I think that's a very, very important point. I, uh, you know, um, I think that that's also what inspires trust in others. And I honestly, 
that's another big point. Leaders inspire trust in others, right? When people trust the leader, they trust each other easier and they just collaborate more effectively. So if, if your team doesn't trust the leader or leaders, right, then, you know, then they only trust each other, then you don't really have a team, right? So Look, think about that. Radical honesty is a pretty important piece of being a great leader. Absolutely. So, and this is another kind of like a uh, great question because if we just said radical honesty is really important, somebody might be like, be, you know, be completely radical all the time. But I think there's, uh, you know, Ray Dalio talks about this in meritocracy, right? They have this radical honesty in the company, the most successful hedge fund company on the planet ever. Uh, but there's still, you know, but he still talks about like, you know, there, you, you, you have to know what to be radically honest about and when, right? And that's kind of like situational awareness, social awareness, emotional intelligence, right? Uh, to where I'm not in a meeting and, and, and going like, you know, uh, I'm having some sexual problems. It's like, that's not the right pro time to bring that shit up. <laughs> like, and, and so- You still want to talk about this? Uh, I, that's why I brought it up. That's why I brought it up, Stevie. <laughs> let's, let's, let's dig in. So we can build this trust here. Welcome oh. to episode number 22 of Yo, the Business and Fitness Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, I think that radical honesty is very important because if you, if you are honest, but the thing is, it has to think about it this way. Me and you've actually both had this happen in our lives, right? Where we weren't honest, radically honest. And a lot of, we fucked up a lot of stuff in our lives. And then we turned a corner. And we started becoming radically honest. Now, right at the beginning, people just look at you and go like, ah, what's the deal? Full of shit, right? Like they messed up and now they're, now they're being honest. So you have to do it for a long period of time, like a really, really long period of time so that you can build that trust. Now, nobody's perfect in this, right? At the end of the day, nobody's absolutely not. I think we're, where most of us are the most dishonest is with ourselves. So just like leadership starts with you, honesty starts with you and, and getting to know yourself at a really deep level. So this isn't like a talk where you guys should be honest, but we're going to, you know, we're going to say that we bullshitted everybody for a while. I think it's just a natural progression of life is to, you know, nobody goes through their entire life without telling a lie, right? It's just, it's a fact of the universe. And if there is that person, I'd love to meet them. They're probably somebody that pays money. you like, they, they sell tickets to gaze into their eyes like the eye gazers and you can <laughs> them and feel peace and, and joy. But at the end of the day, we all like, listen, nobody's perfect. And we don't want you guys to strive for, for perfection because there's no such thing as a perfect person. There's no such thing as a perfect leader, a perfect business person, husband, wife, whatever. So it's just the, better. Yeah. The reason I asked the question is just like, I think that being transparent is almost more of what I, what I wanted to like talk about. Being radically honest is great and wonderful. And yes, you should be honest. It, because it, not, even, not only just for the other person's benefit, in my opinion, it frees you up from feeling like you have to be or act like anyone else or hide or not be the true version of yourself. Because if you're doing that, then sooner or later, people are going to figure it out. And then you're going to feel like way out of integrity. And I've said the word integrity a lot today, but I feel like to be a great coach and a great leader, you have to live in integrity. You have to walk the talk. You have to do what you said you were going to do and consistently. Notice I didn't say perfectly because nobody's perfect. And remember, if we don't make mistakes, we don't learn. Luca, why don't we do this real quick, man? I think this would be really valuable for everybody. Is Let's list as many books or courses or people 
that helped us become better coaches or leaders. So it'll be like a rapid fire, like just like think of, of like books, things that you've read, people that, you know, like just like movies, whatever, documentaries. Okay. Actually, so, okay, let's, let's do this. I'll start with, I'll start with leadership books, just kind of like right off the top of my head, okay? Um, all right, so The Culture Code, The Legacy, which is still one of my favorites, and I reread it every year. Legacy is a phenomenal leadership and culture book. Um, Turn the Ship Around is a fantastic one. Uh, Resilience by Eric Greitens. It's a lot, I mean, because it's a lot about leading yourself and like, you know, being able to, I would say, uh, get your own shit together, get out of your head. But like, I think that's such a huge part of it. The leader with no title, obviously. Um, the go-giver, because, you know, you might not look at it as a leadership book, but it's a way of how you operate book. And so because of that, I think that if you kind of live that life, if you live the go-giver type of life that you will automatically, you know, put yourself in a leadership position. Um, man, cause I've read so many books and sometimes I get stuck on this. I mean, I, dude, I'll give, I'll throw a couple out there myself that are, that are probably not, they're not books that might be looked at as leadership books, but untethered soul is incredible. The big leap by gay Hendricks, you know, um, why good people do bad things, dark side of the light chasers, loving what is, these are all books. Remember, lead yourself first. So those books will all help you guys get very crystal clear and work through your problems. See where oh, your, uh, your glass ceiling yeah, is. Oh, definitely dare. To, I mean, all of Brené, I've read every book from Brené Brown, by the way, but, and, and phenomenal author, but the, the dare to lead the last one, I think is really, really, really kind of a must read. Uh, you know, like I said, because it's a lot of it is about like unwrapping yourself, but, and that's why it's called dare to lead. But I think that's a phenomenal one. Uh, let's see. Leaders eat last extreme ownership. Um, actually I will say like, uh, lean in from Cheryl Sandberg had a lot of good stuff for me. Um, leadership and self-deception is a great one. I mean, leadership and self-deception is a classic by the way. Uh, like a business one. So John, John C. Maxwell, as much as, as much as people, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, it's John C. Maxwell. He's written a million books, but I've read all of his leadership books and still like, like love, love his leadership books. Okay. So, um, that's definitely one. I just mentioned Ray Dalio and you, I know you actually, I think you're just reading through it right now. Aren't you? Principles. Yeah, I'm in the middle of it right now. It's incredible. So I, uh, I read principles, uh, three times already now. And, uh, just the second part of it, that's the one I kind of stick to not the life part more, but more the, the business, like leadership, like, uh, economics part. And I, and I think it's phenomenal. I just, uh, a couple months ago, I finished reading, uh, Robert Iger's the right of a lifetime. And he was the CEO of, of, of Disney for the last, uh, I think 17 or 18 years or something like that. Fascinating. And once, once again, like, look, what, what am I, what am I, you know, what am I doing here? Right? Like I'm collecting role models. Um, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. I was actually fortunate enough to, to also meet her. Um, and I, I spent some time with the CEO of Evernote at one of the 212 events who we connected on this, which is, is which is a great thing is Kim Scott was his coach, um, his, his leadership coach. And so obviously Evernote is a massive multi, multi-billion dollar company. Uh, spent some time talking to the CEO and we started talking about radical candor and had a great conversation, which I couldn't have. And what was great, it opened this door where he was, 
he was like, wow, like you really know this book. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've read it about two or three different times. Got a ton of notes from it. It was it's phenomenal for me. Radical candor is an approach in leadership. Uh, so th that one is great. Tribal leadership and primal leadership are great. Now notice that guys, hopefully look, you can kind of run this back and write them down. But um, like I read a lot of books of leadership. It's almost a brainwash myself. Uh, the last book from John C. Maxwell that I led was called, called Leader Shift. Great, right? Because it's like the 11 essentials uh, and, it, and it's like a newer version. So it's got a lot of kind of like what's, you know, leadership today. Uh, so that's called Leader Shift. Um, that like, I don't know, we probably listed 15 to 20 right there. Um, and oh, 472 was the total actually. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have to put it this way. If I say one last one, uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a massive fan. This is a, this is a business customer experience leadership book. And it, it is my top three, uh, business books ever. It is setting the table by Danny Meyer. Uh, you know, I'm a foodie, but man, Danny Meyer has done some, something that's unheard of in the restaurant industry, the hardest industry on the planet. And, you know, through that book, you can, like, you can, I mean, there's so many nuggets of like how to treat people, how to treat your team, the mistakes he's made. You know, he goes through it, like all the fuck-ups he's done, which is, I love books that talk about all the fuck-ups that people have had and how they work through them, right? Not just like, here's the best leadership traits. It's like, I love when we have conversations and it's like, here's the stuff that I messed up on, right? And here's how I, I changed it. And so, you know, that's the stuff that I really, really, really enjoy. That's why Resilience by Eric Greitens was great because it's, you know, it's like working through these mistakes and, and the bad things, you know, I mean, quote unquote, bad things people have done. Um, oh man, like I can't even believe I haven't, like, I haven't said this. This is another one of my top three is uh, John Wooden on Leadership from John Wooden. All the books from John Wooden, by the way, but Wooden on Leadership is absolutely amazing. The Leadership Triangle, you'll find a leadership triangle and the main core values that he believes in. Obviously, I'm a massive you know, basketball fan. Ball was my life for two decades at least. Um, and John Wooden, one of the greatest coaches ever. And I, and I think like you know, reading great coaches' books is, is obviously like a very, very smart thing to do because guess what? Like people that have been around for decades, you know, and have – have um, been able to, to have success long-term with different people, different teams, you know, th those are the, those are the things that like you want to study. And, you know, we touched on, you know, constantly keep going back to like, you know, leading yourself, you know, and leading yourself, like some of the stuff that you got to read. Obviously I'm a huge fan of, you know, stoicism. So meditations by Marcus Aurelius, you know, man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. That's a, a must alchemist you know by paulo, paulo coelho if you haven't read that like man that's that, that's a incredible. incredible incredible book you know this i mean this is like there's stuff that basically you've probably heard you know uh, good to great by jim collins obviously but look it's a classic for a reason right why some companies make the leap and others don't like that's a great book seven habits of highly effective people by stephen covey like man le that's a legendary book but what, what happens sometimes is that people go like oh that's an old book you know Yo, like this, these books have been around for How to Win Friends, Influence People has been around as a bestseller for 70 years. There's a reason for it. Like I just gave, we had a gift exchange for our team dinner the other, uh, this past weekend. And like I said, I went to that used bookstore and cause we had to keep, we had to keep the, um, 
the gift exchange under 35 bucks, which is very difficult for me. But I, I was able to get six books for under 35 bucks. And uh, actually, you know what? I'll list those books because I spent like a couple hours picking them out. One was How to Win Friends and Influence People. The second one you listed, The Dark Side of Light Chasers. Uh, the third one was uh, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. The fourth one was uh, The Speed of Trust, which is another amazing book. And the fifth one was The Slight Edge. Um, so I had there was a sixth one. Fuck, I can't remember. But that those were five of the six that I can remember right now. Right, I which are all realistically, man, like we've just given them, we've given our listeners a, a really great idea of a couple things. Number one, if you guys are listening to the podcast, you're following us, right? Which in some capacity means that you like what we have to say, which if you listen to us, then listen to what we're reading and following. Both Luke and I are both avid readers. We're always looking for people that, to mentor us, to teach us what we don't know. We're not walking around thinking that we have everything figured out. And, you know, we're giving you the framework to become an incredible, incredible leader. And not to sound corny, readers are leaders, right? Like the more you read, the, the better handle you're going to have on how to do what's been done. If you think about it, like, guys, if you go back far enough in, in books, most things have already been said. And it's incredible, like the way to create success and the way to become a leader, the way to become a millionaire, the way to influence people, how to become a better husband or wife or, you know, parent, whatever, like it's out there. So I want to wrap this up because I just want you guys overwhelmed. And I believe that, man, just with that list of, list of books alone, the value in a free podcast goes through the roof, right? And obviously Luke and I want to provide you guys with an immense amount of value in each podcast. And I think we've done that today. So, you know, I'll say this, becoming a really great leader takes time and there's levels to the game, just like there's levels in everything else that we do. Um, we've given you guys some pretty good steps to get there. And then a whole bunch of books that you can read that will allow you a peek inside the author's mind and give you more framework and more steps. And then on the, you know, the last piece of this that I just want to throw out there is become a great coach and a leader. You have to have reps. You have to be able to lead from the back, the middle, the side wherever and show up as a support person, you know, become a wingman to somebody that's a much better leader than you. Luke and I have both done that. We've both been employees before we were business people, which means we were followers before we were leaders. So, you know, don't think you're too good to do anything. No job too small, no job too big. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, yo, the business and fitness podcast. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Appreciate you. Peace out.